Welcome to On and Off The Pitch, I'm Rodney Cyrus, we're back one more time. I hope you are all well, it's football's winter break conversation and joining me to talk about the very topical conversation is the one and only, the Right Honourable Sir Matt <laughs> Marcus. How are you sir? Very well mate, very well, evening yourself and everyone that's watching. Well, I'm glad you were able to join me and everyone else who's watching and listening more importantly, that storm has been blowing up so much trouble. How are you coping with the, the weather and your part of the world? <laughs> hey, when anything like this happens where I am, it's it's like a complete catastrophe. They don't know what to do. So, um, it, you know, I have seen people outside with, like, buckets and that because some of their driveways are, like, slanted upward sort of thing and it does fill the driveways with the rain and the guttering and stuff. And I've seen people today outside with buckets, like just chucking the water over the grass. But um, yeah, it's been okay so far. <laughs> I bet, I bet, I bet today of all days, the grass is probably thinking, "We don't need any more water, please." No, we don't, we no, don't need any more. No, it, it's been terrible. This, this is, this has been a very, very strange day because I was due to go and watch some football today, women's Super League game, and uh, the whole of the 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 actual schedule was cancelled. Thankfully, it was cancelled initially. It was meant to go ahead, but finally cancelled because some of the some of the um, fans were making their way across Britain, uh, despite the weather warning, which was issued 24 hours ago. Many of the football fans, they they they, I don't know whether you say foolhardy or diehard, but you know me when they say stormy weather, and they've got that yellow and amber warning. I kind of take heed and I I stay at home and and hope for the best. Because, you know, my people hail from a, a part of the world where hurricanes are, are regular things in the Caribbean. So when they say storm, we pay attention. So I don't, mm. I don't know about... I don't know about it's a shame the British people don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, try living in Haiti. You know, someone says a storm, you're kind of thinking, oh, I need to kind of gather my belongings instead of saying I'm on my way out. But, you know, we are where we are. Today's show chat conversation is about a number of things we're going to talk about football's winter break we're going to talk a little bit about the transfer rumors even though the window was closed there are some silly things that are being said bizarre bewildering statements even i'm um, going to talk a little bit about gambling and the gambling addiction that's kind of gripped the country as, as it has done for quite some time and the association that football clubs have with gambling um, organizations and will that really ever separate? And also, you know, I did see a mention of Jose in the press, which I like, and Jose getting a little bit of respect from an unusual individual, a really unusual individual. Um, but let's jump straight into this, uh, Marcus. Um, is this football's winter break really a winter break? No. <laughs> pretty, pretty straight to the point, but um, but no, I don't I don't see it as a winter break to be honest. Yeah, I think if you class it as a winter break, then I think every team in the Premier League has to have it. It, it should be equal. I mean, Man Man City was scheduled to play today, wouldn't they? And um, that got postponed. And Bournemouth and was it Sheffield United? I think it was. They played. Yeah. So yeah. no, I, I don't think it's it's more to me like it's a it's a favoritism thing. You know, some teams can have two weeks off, some teams can't. So well, I think if you have a winter break, everyone's got to have it. Well, I, I believe what, what happened is that, um, the, the fixtures were split, apparently. This is what they were saying. So one one half of the, the, the league were due to have a break this half and go away. And then the other half were meant to have in terms of the following weekend and go away. I, I believe that's the case. Um, I may be you know, inaccurate in terms of what I'm, I'm saying, but that, that was the case. It, for me, it doesn't make sense. No. You know, I like you believe that if you're going to have a winter break, then everyone needs to be off at the same time. And I don't know about you. You know, I, I've on the thumbnail, I've got the imagery of daffodils. For me, daffodils mean spring. You know, right. and I, there are daffodils popping up all over the place near where I live or in the park. You know, and I know that daffodils, you know, for those who are keen gardeners, they will tell you that daffodils will come up, at, you know, at, at, at the, towards the end of a winter and, and early or mid spring. It's been a really long time since this country has actually had a really severe winter, you know, because the weather is so mild, there's global warming and all of those other things. If you're yeah. going to schedule a winter break, do it at 
Christmas. Do it when it, everyone believes it is winter, either before Christmas or straight after Christmas. And then, and then with the whole idea of the winter break, it touches on the kind of competition that we talked about previously, the FA Cup and the FA Cup replays. There are some games that didn't need to be replayed and there is this weak old argument about, you know, it's the magic of the FA Cup and, you know, there are certain players at a lower level team that dream of playing at Old Trafford, they dream of playing at Anfield. I dream of playing up there, but you know what? I'm not going to. And the fact that these players are already professional footballers, they are living the dream. What always is left in terms of the, they're, they're the last to be considered is the fans. Now, when we talk about the players getting a winter break, it's too late because they're saying, oh, they play too many games, they're going to get injured, it's not fair, um, you know, we're not like the European um, clubs. Well, let's, let's be honest, European clubs are quite smart. They set their winter break in winter, not in February. They come back in time, because imagine now, you've set your winter break, every team's gone away for like warm weather training, and the Champions League kicks off in about a week or two weeks' time. How beneficial will it be for clubs to say they're going away for a winter break now when they know that they're going to miss league games and they're going to be out of sync, out of, in terms of their, their, their win ratio, their win pattern, their kind of, their, the boost that they will get from getting all three points, they are at a disadvantage. So for me, it doesn't make any sense at all. The timing is, again, bizarre. Bonkers it's not a very well word. thought out plan, is it, really? What? But I'd expect nothing less, actually, from the FA, because a lot of things they do are quite cock-ups, aren't they, to be honest? but well, um, it, it is, it is. When you look at it, I mean, there are teams this weekend that have been playing in the Bundesliga, in League 1, that are going to be in the Champions League. They're seeing these games as warm-up games. They're getting, they're getting the ring rust out of their legs, so that they're now going to spring forward in the Champions League competition in the second half of the league where they're going to try and actually win games. But the Premier League, who seem to be operating on this, I know that you know we're based in the UK and the, the island mentality is that we will do things our own way. But come on, you know, if you complain about a winter break, at least have it in line with everything else that's happening in Europe because there isn't a disadvantage. I can guarantee there will be a problem if any of the English clubs go into the Champions League within the next two weeks and they get absolutely battered, people will say the winter break was too late, didn't have enough time, they didn't benefit from it. And I'll just think to myself, those that were actually in charge of the league, those that are actually in charge of the Premier League, apart from being paid an abundance of money, they have no idea about what they're doing in terms of scheduling. It is absolutely ridiculous. And like you say, you've got a game today that was called off, right? Then you have another mm -hmm. game that was that went ahead, you know, Sheffield United and Bournemouth. Sheffield United are now fifth place in the league and everyone's now scrambling around and thinking, we've got to play catch-up in a league that is already concerted and in terms of fixtures because everyone's looking at the Euros in the summer. Everyone's yeah. worrying about... Um, players being injured, everyone's saying that there were two. And I'm like thinking, this didn't make any sense. Absolutely no sense at all. No, it's, it's baffling, like, sorry, how, how they've planned it um, and how they've put, like, some teams have it off now and then some teams will have it a week later. And it, it just, it's baffling. Why can't you have all, if it was well thought out, they'd have made sure that every team was at the same advantage as, as everyone else you know have it off all at the same time even change it you know they could have put a couple of the fixtures back over christmas and said right you know have a decent break off over christmas but it's it's absolutely it, it's ludicrous that the people that think out these plans and think that it's the right way to go it, it's awful it, it is awful and 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 you know in terms of the the, the winter break in itself and We've seen so many of the England players, even this weekend we're talking about Raheem Sterling who has a hamstring injury, there's Harry Kane, there's Marcus Rashford. There are so many key players for England that are injured or carrying injuries that the nation is expecting these players to kind of carry the hopes of, in terms of, you know, cup success and, and glory for the nation. But you have to, un you have to wonder, 
you know, logically, did no one have the foresight to say, you know, that winter break might be a little bit, it might be too late because you want the league to finish at a certain point in time. You'd like it to finish early because there's the, the, the Euros and the England internationals. There'll probably be another England international call up at some point. And then still, you're going to have to concertina all these games into a competition because there's still games, you know, these teams are still in the FA Cup. Then there's the Champions League. Oh, seriously, come on, you know. It's and too then, much, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then on top of it, you have freak weather like we've had this weekend, you know. Storm um, Kira, who's come along and literally obliterated all the fixtures and said, you're not playing football. So, you, it, 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 you just couldn't... In, in terms of the storm, you can't predict things like that. But in terms of the scheduling between the Premier League and the FA, you couldn't make it up. Um, a question that's come in from uh, the comments, and thank you for all those who are in the comments. Uh, um, LB Universe, living a beautiful life. That's such a nice tag. Um, how do you feel on the transfer window being extended until September the 1st has to be a positive for the English clubs right and that's from John John I love your tag um, and John we will speak soon and it's not the John you know Marcus before it's another oh, John there's so many Johns uh, it's not John Snow from Game of Thrones that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> if it was wow um, I will say I mean before I say what I think about the transfer window being extended to the 1st of September Marcus what do you think I think it's a good idea. I I don't think it should never have been changed in the first place, to be honest, because, again, if the Premier League's the best league, it, oh, it puts everyone in the Premier League at a disadvantage to the, to the rest you know, of, of Europe and that. Other foreign teams can still come in and pinch, our, pinch the players, and how can our clubs that we love and support throughout the Premier League be, you know, just be ready for the start of the season? Yeah. Because if you receive a, a really massive offer for a player, yeah, you know, and our window's already closed, and you seriously have a think about it, and you think, well, you know, let's just say, for argument's sake, someone offered under a million for Pereira, and oh, our well. window's already closed, you take it, wouldn't you? But you're a man down. <laughs> I like that. I like, I like know, that valuation, you, Marcus. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an exaggeration, <laughs> but you know. If it's an audacious offer like yeah. that, you would seriously have to consider yeah. it, and you would probably end up taking it for a player like that. You, you the problem would, then is you, you can't replace him. You would indeed, you would indeed take it. The the difficulty is, you know, for me, and and I believe you're absolutely right. And again, thank you for the for the question, John. Why did they make the change? This again, this is you know kind of like pre-Brexit planning. You know, we will be better on our own. We will do things separate from the rest of Europe. Surely what we're doing, everyone else will follow suit because we know best. So the Premier League, FA, went along on their own and said, we're going to do this. And they literally cut their nose off to spite their face. Two years of moaning about something that they voted for. They weren't forced to do it. They voted for it themselves. You know, it's like the lamb saying, I'm off for a walk with a wolf. I'll be back mm -hmm. tomorrow. Um, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, you then realise that you 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 could tell your own spending power, selling position in terms of if you want to move players on, and now you've moved back in line with the rest of Europe. And I just believe that they've moved back in line with the rest of Europe in terms of transfers, but then they set their winter break two months later than mm. everyone else. I mean, you just couldn't make up this kind of. Again, bonkers and bizarre me uh, uh, method of, of managing a, a major league, which is meant to be, you know, the symbol of best football practice in the world, that you do things that are as, and I have to be honest, stupid as that. It just, yeah. I don't make, so in terms of the transfer window, going back to what it was before, shuts on the 1st of September, makes absolute total sense. What I would go, I would actually go a step further John and saying that the, the the January transfer window doesn't need to be a month because if you're if you're extending the transfer window in the summer you would want the clubs to do their business then we've seen in this transfer window the January one no one wants to buy anyone I, I spoke last week about the number of clubs that sent players out I mean clubs were sending out players on loan from their clubs like 10 and 15 players and you'd wonder these are the same clubs that are saying they don't have the personnel, but you're sending out nearly a full 11 on loan. So it's mm -hmm. either you're, 
It's either you're actually bringing in young talent and you're not developing them in, in the way that you should because so that they get in the first team, or you're just being greedy and trying to suck up as much young talent as possible in the hope that one is the, the magic penny that you've been looking for in a bag of sand. It, it, for me, it doesn't make sense. Have the I window. thought, yeah, go on, go on. It, it, it's also, I think, a bit of arrogance as well um, from the FA because there's there's already a plan in place for winter breaks and transfer system in you know the rest of Europe, but then we turn around and the Premier League turn around and say, well, we want to do it this way and we're going to prove to you it works. You know, we want to be unique in a way in how we do things in the Premier League and they basically just shot themselves in the foot because it proved to be a total shambles yeah. so they've gone back to the original plan the tried and trusted plan that worked and they look complete idiots it was a waste of time changing it in the first place apart from idiot yeah you know what we, we, we've used some really and the word stupid and idiots are not nice words they're not ne- you don't like to call people things but generally when you're talking about individuals that are, are are in control of this multi-billion dollar industry and it is because they're taking in so much money from around the world you know in terms mm-hmm. of what they want to do for future uh, streaming platform where they want to stream games individually since they looked at the the, the successful a few days that Amazon Prime had control of their platform, that you would actually try and do something which is goes against everything, you know, because the British um, transfer window shuts two weeks before everyone else for a week, and then you know there's no drama for the individuals that are on Talksport or Sky, and they go they can't or Five Live, and they can't talk it up because they know that the rest of Europe is still operating as normal. It's like basically yeah. saying we're going to have Christmas two weeks before everyone else. And yeah, then wonder yeah. why everyone else is not engaged in the conversation that we're engaged in, in terms of being excited. And we're like, well, our Christmas is not for another two weeks. So, you know, we're still buying presents. So, you know, but again, that it. comes down to the arrogance, doesn't it? The arrogance well, of them you know, thinking that what they what they're trying to do is right. When the original plan, there was nothing wrong with it. It's flawless. Really. Well, well to be honest, the original plan was flawless. Um, however, Someone in a little room with a very small window and probably limited oxygen thought that this was an ideal awesome change to make. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, whether it was him or not, it was the ideal, um, you know, step to take and, and go down. And, it, and to be honest, it's backfired. It hasn't worked. I'll go again. The, the January transfer window doesn't need to be as long as a month. It can be a week. And I'll, I'll explain why. I've got one article that I've actually, I found it uh, going through this week's papers. And it's actually from the mirror, not the sun, because you know, I know Manchester United have got problems with the sun at the moment, so I'll mm. say no more about that. Um, a, a Wigan defender said his dream move to AC Milan collapsed as he ran out of time to do a medical. Um, he was due to do the medical um, 72 hours before uh, the deadline. And I'm like thinking, well, you had all month. You had a month to work that out. Yeah. You know, and you haven't, you haven't sorted it out. So either they left it too late or the deal was never going to happen. And those are the kind of things that when you look at the transfer window in January, really the only people that are interested in it are the journalists to say who's moving on, who's buying what. Unless you need to buy someone, you're not going to buy anyone. Mm. You know, you're not going to buy anyone. Uh, Manchester United, for example, they needed a striker. They didn't buy anyone. They borrowed someone from China. You know, um, we could talk a little bit more about that, but um, we won't for a moment, but we will. So it doesn't necessarily need to be as long because I would say, if anything, instead of calling the January transfer window, you know, a, a window where clubs can buy, just say it's it's the long window. Just call it a long window mm. and then the transfer can be done because everyone's doing the same thing now, Marcus. Loan with the option to buy. That's what they're doing now. You go yeah. to Tottenham, but it's the same thing. You might as well say, right, we're not calling it a transfer window in January. We're calling it the long window with an option to buy. So everyone understands what they can do within that window. You don't need to have a month. You can have a week, seven days, tops, even a weekend, and do it that way. You know? Very, for me, very simple. 
And that does make sense, mate, in a simple way. Yeah. <laughs> Very simple. It takes yeah. out all the fluff. It takes out all the unnecessary rumour that, you know, this player's linked to that club and that player's linked to this club. And you know it's not going to happen. Either a player wants to move or he doesn't want to move. Either a club wants to, to go and get a player on loan or they don't. It's simple. Very, very simple. Football in yeah. itself is, as they say, a beautiful game because it is very, very simple. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Mark's put a comment in. Mark, I can't read. I cannot put that comment on. I can't. I can't. Um, Why was it? I can't put it. <laughs> yeah. I can't say. I can't put it. I can't put it. But I'll tell you afterwards, Marcus. Let's just say that. Mm. Cheers, Mark. Um, in, ter in terms of silly transfer conversation, the biggest one that I saw this week was because Messi was having a meltdown and there are certain fan channels. And let me say this very, very clearly. This is not a fan channel. This is a channel where we talk about things, we discuss it and we have serious conversations about a number of things, but we are not a fan channel. Are we a fan channel, Marcus? I don't think so. I would just call it um, a catch-up at the weekend. Yes, yeah, well, it is. We're doing these things. It's uh, kind of like it's not my channel journalist. anyway. It's yours. It's the, well, we're just having a conversation. You know, this is what it's about. People listening, getting involved, sending their comments, and that is great. It's not a fan channel because it's not pinned down to any one particular club. I want to talk about a number of different things. But anyway, messy. Had a little bit of a moment. Someone questioned whether the team were doing, you know, playing for the manager. He responded, and then everyone in the newspaper then said, Oh, he's going to leave Spain and he's going to go to Manchester United. And then I saw certain fan channels going, Oh, Manchester United have got Messi on their mind. And I just thought, Hold on a minute. Considering we've been listening to Oli for months talk about there is a process and a plan, and they've moved players on, and everyone's talking about the young players. To then go for someone who's 35, 34, you know, coming towards the end of their career and saying that he's going to be the next player that Oli's going to sign, you have to be out of your mind, you know. You know, we have to stand together on this, Marcus. I have to be very, very clear. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I'm going to say it very clearly. Yeah. Messi has a choice. Does he love Pep or does he love Ole more? And you know he's probably thinking, who is Ole? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's probably thinking, who, who is Ole? And someone will probably have to tell him. Now, I'm not disrespecting Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but in the world of Manchester United fans, he is a legend. Even though he wasn't first-choice striker, because, you know, the individuals like York and Cole and Sheringham were ahead of him in the pecking order. That's not me making things up. That is facts. He was ahead of them. He doesn't even know who Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is. He might know him, but he, in terms, he's thinking, I don't, in management terms, what has he done? If Messi were to ever leave Barcelona, and the word if is the biggest if in the world, it's like a meteor in space if, he's only going to go and work for Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. That's the only club he would ever go to in the Premier League. On top of that, this country, the Premier League and the FA, are in post-Brexit Britain. No one from the European Union right now is coming here unless they nearly are at the end of the line in terms of their career, stroke, i.e. Igalo. But he is in a different ball game because he can go to Juventus, Paris Saint-Germain. He could even do the one thing that no one would expect him to do and do like um, the previous player who left Barcelona and went to Real Madrid. Yeah, He could mm -hmm. even do that but there is no way on earth that he would sit down with his agent and go, what do you think about me joining Manchester United? After we have heard a certain agent belittle, besmirch and talk non-stop about how useless the hierarchy at Manchester United are. Do you, like, seriously, I, I, maybe it's me, but, I, you know, football players are, um, not to say vain, they are very aware of what's been discussed in, in, in the social media world, in the main media world, and they will know when a club is either doing well or not doing well. You know, And I, I do not see Messi joining Manchester United or even wanting to be managed by... If he is currently arguing with the director of football or one of the hierarchy at Barcelona, Abidal, who played for Barcelona... You know, who had a really serious injury, and when he came back, they actually dedicated the game to him. He's not someone who's just spoken out for them. He played for them. 
So Messi knows who he is. If he's going to have an argument with him, what makes anyone believe that he will go and want to play for Oliver the Social? I don't know. It's fiction, isn't it? Fiction. Listen, I like fiction. <laughs> I watch a lot of cartoons and a lot of sci-fi. But there are certain things that actually, it's not even so much fiction. They are, and I've used this word quite a few times today. This might be the fourth time. Stupid to actually go down that road and believe that Messi will even entertain that. And if Manchester United did pull it off, right, this is the thing that we need to consider again. Manchester United would have to spend so much money to get him in terms of salary and incentives and all of the other things and image rights. Oli could not be able to control that dressing room, knowing that this one... No, he wouldn't be able to control that dressing room, knowing that this one player is earning so much money and everyone knows about it. How do you motivate those players to say, we want you to do the best for the club because this one player is getting not even two twice as much, not even three times as much, probably six times as much as anyone else there. As much as Manchester United talk about Rashford, you know that Messi's going to come in and sell four times more than he's getting at the age that he's at. So it doesn't make any sense financially. It might make sense in terms of, you know, shirt sales, but in terms of, you know, football sense, it doesn't make sense. We can talk about shirt sales. <laughs> I know, you know, it, I know obviously people want to talk about it and, you know, everyone's got their jobs to do in, in the mainstream media and stuff like that. But that story was just so fantasy, so out there on another planet mm. that it was, to me, it came across like it was It was just, a, it's a waste of time reporting about it. It's a waste of time talking about it, even thinking about it, because it is never, ever, ever going to happen, ever. You know, um, they, they've been struggling, uh, apparently, United have been struggling for, for months trying to get the Bruno Fernandes deal done. What the hell makes people think that the Messi deal was going to be simple and straightforward is is another thing. But it was just, you know, you read it, you have a chuckle to yourself, and then you move on. I saw it all over Twitter. I've seen people like talking about it on YouTube and stuff like that. And to me, it was just like, why, why are you even mentioning it? It's never ever gonna happen. Never. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the it's the equivalent of a really bad bedtime story. That kind of rumor, isn't it? Because it, you know, the ending. Well, yeah. It's not even a horror film that you could even say. We know we might we might be upset with it, but this is just it's it's bizarre, bonkers. <laughs> And I'm, I'm actually bewildered by the actual link. It doesn't make sense. But, you know. Uh, no, it was just, it, it wasn't to me, it, just, it was just like a, a joke. You know, it was like, I thought, honestly, it, it was April Fool's again. You know, if I didn't know any better. But it was just like, why, why are people even reporting this as news? It's, it's nothing. It's, it's crap. <laughs> it's, it's absolute rubbish. As if he's going to come to Manchester United, you know what I mean? This is, I bet, you know, some some people even on Twitter, I've I've, I've seen a couple of people uh, talk about the financial state of United, and um, you know, I've, I've heard um, someone mention that the, the club have got no money and stuff like that. And if that's the case, I think you know. And then this story breaks out: How are United going to afford this lad's wages for a start? You know, I mean, the agent fees is going to be astronomical. Yeah. Um, it's it's just it's not even worth the the plane ticket for Woodward to go over and just have a coffee with him to see where it, where he stands. It, it was just awful, an awful story, yeah. to uh, for for people to report on and and people sell papers. Yeah, it it really really was it really was and um, you know, I don't want to go on about it too much, but for me, that was the one thing. You know, when you, you see rumours, you just think, really, are oh, that possibly... And then you just think, wow, you know, mm. how <laughs> ludicrous is that statement? I just I just thought, no, 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 I, I, I can't do it. Matthew in the comments has basically put a sentence, Messi will stay at Barca. And, I, I, you know, I believe that will be the case. He joined the club um, at 14, you know, they spent a lot of time with him, invested in him when he was on, you know, in terms of his growth and it helped him in terms of his dietary um, aspects so that he could kind of fill out as a, a young boy and a teenager and he's repaid them no end. And, you know, there's an, there's an affair 
there's a level of, of respect between both. Even people will say that you might be fed, fed up, but you know, there, there is a connection that some people will never actually understand. And uh, I don't believe the, the almighty Manchester United, as they once were almighty, not necessarily now, have the clout to pull off that. Well, I'm still waiting for Ronaldinho to turn up. Let alone Messi. <laughs> you know, just, I don't know about you. Um, the issue of you gambling. Think, you think oh, sorry, players like Rodney, yeah. You think of players and you automatically associate certain players with certain clubs. You know, yeah. for me, it's, it's, you know, going back many, many years, so Bobby Charlton just screams Manchester United. Yes. Um, Bobby Robson screams Newcastle to yeah. me. Hero screams Newcastle. Yeah. You know, um, Chris Sutton always screamed Blackburn. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and you look at Messi, it just, just says Barcelona, yeah, Mr. Like, Barcelona. You know, yeah, yeah, do you know what? You say Messi... Could you imagine him wearing another kit? No, no, Rico. I can't. I can't imagine the likes of like Ramos at Madrid wearing another kit. Yeah, well, um, yeah. You know, it's just certain players just yeah. fit certain clubs, yeah. and you cannot see them anywhere else. Um, Puyol, you know, I don't know what his career track record is, but you know, Barcelona. He says to me, um, Casillas, Madrid. Yeah, you know, it's it's just. Certain players just fit certain clubs, and you just cannot see them anywhere else. No, you're absolutely right. I just don't see it, you know, at all. And you know, um, we think of Paul Gascoigne even and Spurs. Exactly, Spurs. Yeah. You know, Spurs you know, he played at Newcastle, yeah. but you think of him at Spurs. And I can even see him in his, you know, when he went to Italy as well. There are certain players, yeah. even though it, again, you know, Ian Rush, you know, went away, went to Italy. Yeah. Didn't like it, but still, I just see Liverpool. You know, mm. you, you almost forget that he left and came back. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just it, it, crazy. Um, the other thing that kind of jumped out at me this week, also in terms of the conversation around football and betting, there was an article by by Tony Adams about you know gambling, and you know he set up his organisation because he struggled with the addiction of gambling, and, and there are a lot of footballers. Who are still betting quite heavily and losing thousands of pounds uh, uh, of their money of their salary in terms of gambling um you know do you think that football can ever survive without the 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 association of of betting companies being linked to the sport no i don't think you could i don't um i've never been a fan of gambling i mean i, I do have the odd I suppose flutter once. To see, let's see. I can I can even count it on my hand. Um, the Grand National and the Cheltenham Festival in mm. March. So I bet one, two, three, four, five. You know, five days out of a year. But it's not even for. Um, it, it's not even. I wouldn't even say it's like an addiction or anything like that. I can literally just you know put a couple of quid on something and that's it done. Um, but no, I think in terms of football, I don't think it could survive because it's, it's too commercial now. Um, and I think you know you can even associate it to YouTube in some ways because every time there's an advert on YouTube, it's something to do with gambling mm. or some casino or uh, three six five or oh. eight eight eight, whatever they are. You know, so no, I I, th I don't think it could survive without it. I think a lot of money. Millions and millions would be lost um, through the sponsorships because some betting companies do sponsor the, the actual teams as well. Mm. Um, so no, I think it's a it's a sorry state of affairs. I mean, even the adverts on the TV now, it's it's all promotion for gambling, Ladbrokes and um, Coral, you know, and it's it's not a good image to send out. It's not a good vibe to send out. So no, I th I I don't think it's right, and I don't think it would survive without it. You know, I, I, you know, for me, it's it's one of those things that you look at football and you say you, you you hear the stories, you hear the stories of the players, you know, on on their way to certain games, they get into poker games and they've got IOUs and they're taking money from one another, and you know, and it might start there, and you know, they get into more and more debt. And I suppose the more and more debt you get into because you get more and more money as a player in terms of the yeah. team you play for in terms of the salary. So you only kind of gamble what you have. Me, I mean, I don't even go... I mean, 
when I was younger, like I said, I kind of went into the betting shop and, you know, I didn't even know what I was doing. Someone had to tell me how to write a bet. I didn't know. You know, my mm. dad and his generation, they were betting shop junkies. They would always be in there on a Saturday when, you know, when people could smoke indoors. Me and my friends would walk past because, oh, my dad's in there, your dad's in there, we know what they're doing. We'd be off yeah. to play football. Do you know what I mean? They'd, go, yeah. they'd, they'd disappear for a Saturday because that's what they did. For me, because of the way my dad was when I was a child, I don't like gambling at all. And at a push, mm. I might buy a lottery ticket and I call that gambling or I might buy a scratch card. And that, for me, that's gambling at yeah. a put. You know what I mean? So that that is it. I, I don't go and put um, bets on. I, you know, I Honestly, walking in there, I just think to myself, first of all, betting shops remind me of just like an adult youth club where people go and smoke drugs. You know, because whenever I walk in there, I just think to myself, why don't you like guys get a job or do a sport? Because you're just mm. wasting a lot. I do. I just, I'm, mm. The prejudice in me just can, comes in and I just think, no, I can't be in here. The second thing is that that th- these uh, companies have made so much money. And I have to say it from the misery of those who are ha- who are addicts, that they are then taking the same money to sponsor football clubs for the people that they've taken money on who are fans of the club. Do you understand? It's not like a vicious cycle. Mm. Mm. you're mm. actually saying you can bet on the goal here you can bet on when they take a corner you can bet on who scores first you can bet on an assist you can bet on what go- you know you can bet on so many different things and change your bet throughout the game and do all of these things and I just think to myself this is bizarre you know apart from loving the game of football there is this illness that's attached to it that has grown at a really rapid rate and no one has actually, it's almost like people have seen it, but they've not wanted to talk about it. And, you know, the, the issue became more of an issue in a sense that when betting companies, because they pumped in so much money into football, that they were showing some of the games live on their betting platform because you had to have an account and you had to have placed a bet. Mm. And, you know, in obviously the Premier League and the, the Football League, where you couldn't show fixtures at three o'clock. They were watching games that were kicking off at three o'clock. So they were then pulling in people who were trying to put bets just put bets on games that no one else could see so they could see the games that they were betting on. And, you know, I, I for me, there is a, a really, I don't know if it's a moral question or an ethical question, could be both, about what the football world as a body wants to do in terms of a, an organisation that it gets money from, but in terms of the the addiction that, apart from pu- you know, general public have that players have for betting and how they deal. Do you know what I mean? So I, just, I asked the question because I just wanted to know how how would it go about for those two things to go their separate ways? Could they ever go their separate ways? Can football ever control the amount of money that comes in, or say no to the money that's coming in? And the only way I can possibly see that is by them, as they're probably trying to announce at some point shortly, that they're going to go down the route of their own kind of Amazon Prime platform where fans can watch games as as they want, but they'll obviously have to pay for it as an access. And, you know, it's betting companies have had their, their I would say, their teeth into um, sporting activities for quite some time. And I would say they're probably the most successful meal that betting companies have had has been the Premier League and has been football. Yeah, because I mean, fo- football is, it's new enough in, in every country going, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's high-profile players, really, in every league. So everyone's got their own opinion on each league, but I suppose the more money they're going to bring in, these betting companies, from people all over the world, as a, as a universal thing... Um, it will just it will just end up sinking everything, I think, because in a way it could eventually turn out that without this betting company's money, that the football wouldn't exist. <laughs> you know that's quite sad actually that the betting companies are. Pro- if, you, if we believe that to be the case, if, it, if that turns mm. out to be the worst case scenario, but if they if they come out of it, if the betting companies came out of the football side of things and didn't do the sponsors and stuff like that, you'd have to wonder what would happen. 
well, you know, would prices of things go up? I think they would. No, I think what you'd need to do, again, what would happen if we say prices of things go up, that, that's automatically the, the capitalist model of placing the responsibility and the, the financial burden on the cl- customer. Mm. Well, when in truth, what you want to say is, why is a person who's not playing football for the bulk of the season in any team in the Premier League getting 100 grand a week? What for? Why are you paying that amount of money when they're not playing football? Yeah. You don't, what, what you would expect, instead of it being passed on to me and you and other fans that will then get to have to pay through the nose for whatever Sky or BT or match day entry fee, curtail your player salary. It's just football. No one in the footballing world, to my knowledge, has found a cure for cancer yet. And if they do, you can give them all the money in the world. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. But if they're just running around in some nice tight shorts and some a nice tight top and boots and they're kicking a ball for a living, if you're not playing every week, you don't need to get 90 grand a week. You don't need to get 100 grand a week. You, in fact, you don't even need to get 50 grand a week if you're not playing and you're just part of the squad. And football and their relationship with the betting companies, they need to look at it and say, well, you know, we've paid a lot of money to players that aren't necessarily doing anything for us. You only have to look at the transfer window when they sent so many players out on loan to then realise that if they're going to make a break from betting companies, if that is the, the decision that they're going to take, the reality is that they're not going to be able to pay the silly money um, that they have it previously done. Um, article in I the think draft, that I yeah. think that Rodney is yeah. where the um, the the debt from the players, you know, the addiction comes in because there's there's only so many houses, so many cars, so many holidays. You know, there's only so much stuff that money can buy before you get bored of buying the same thing over and over. Yeah. So as as a, a I suppose really the, the majority don't want to sound sexist, but probably the majority of people that are addicted to gambling are male. Mm. So from a male's point of view, what you know, what do you do when you've bought seven Ferraris and you know six mansions? You know, you 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 chase. It's the thrill. It's the excitement of that addiction, knowing that it's out of your control. You know, you, you're pinning your hopes on a horse, a dog, or a goal going in, or a card being shown. You know, it, it's out of your control, and that's what the betting companies thrive on because it's the excitement. So it, you know, it's a hard one because these players are they worth that amount of money? No, no. not to me, they're not. Um, should they be that paid that amount of money? No, they shouldn't. Definitely. But they get it. It's out, you know, it's out of our control as, as citizens and that, you know, it's their business. But again, you know, I mean, what do you do with three hundred grand a week? You know I mean, I, I, I struggle to spend my wages each month, listen, you know, and that's not a lot. Listen, listen, listen. Good. Oh, that, 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 that's a, a lot, lot, lot more than my annual salary in yeah. any of the jobs that I've had. So when you say that per week, you, you kind of yeah. rack your head as to say... How can is... you spend that? Yeah. I mean, it's like that film, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Brewster's Millions. Yes, <laughs> brilliant yeah. film. How can you, right, how can you physically... Spend. I would struggle. I, I, I struggle to spend about £1,500 a month, right? Mm. Once I've paid everything, I struggle to get rid of it. Mm. How can you, you know, you get this, just put a picture this, right? £300,000 per week, mm. right? You could buy a house and a car, two houses and a car per week, right? <laughs> It's awful. It's ridiculous. It's an insane amount of money. Insane. Yeah, it is an insane and amount of money. When you've got these adverts that are on your telly about giving £3 a month to kids in Ethiopia and stuff like that, appealing to the general public, right? Why can't a lot of these players follow the suit of matter? Right. Right. Instead of flaunting a new haircut that's cost you £100 or a new car, right, that's cost 150000 
Why couldn't they just wake up one day and think, instead of buying that car, I'm just going to donate the 150 grand I was going to pay for that car to that country? Mm. You know, I, I don't get it myself. I really don't understand it. Because you've got all these people that say that, like you've said, addicted to gambling and stuff like that, that money is much better spent elsewhere. Okay, they earn it, and it's their right to do whatever they want to it. Yeah. But when it's plastered all over the news about a stupid tick in the back of your head or you've dyed your hair a different colour or you've bought a new car or you've gone out somewhere and bought an island or whatever, right? Yeah. Why can't these people who have this excess money, instead of being addicted to likes of gambling or smoking cigars or whatever they do in their spare time, why can't they follow one matters route and like all pitching, you know, What's what's fifty grand out of three hundred thousand a week? I mean, come on, seriously. It's to be honest, it's, po- it's probably pocket change for them. It's changed, yeah. Because yeah. if that was me, mate, if I was earning that, I'd you know not being horrible, but I'd probably wake up and wipe my ass with fifty pound notes every morning. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah? It, 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 what what can you do with it? Yeah, yeah. What it, can you do with it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, honestly, when you put it like that in really simple terms and you see all of these adverts and ads about um, just donating money to worthy causes around the world, worthy causes in in the UK and anywhere else, you just wonder, there's someone getting like £100,000 a week and I haven't seen him kick a ball all year. What what are they doing? It's ridiculous. And especially youngsters, man. Youngsters, 17, 18, 19, 190,000, whatever they're on, right? The three digits. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. What happened? What has gone wrong in football? Greed. What has gone? Yeah. Greed. It's it's gone too commercial, man. And I agree with what Peter says in the comments. I think there should be a wage cap. There should be a wage cap. I'm I'm glad you saw that. Peter's comments were just like very much there should be a wage cap and and, and it should be. And I can see, look, Marcus, we start off talking, we're going to say we talk about everything, and we're so close to the end. We've hardly covered everything. I know. We haven't even talked about Fred yet. We haven't even talked about Fred. (laughs) Do you know what? Do you know what? I was going to talk about something else, but I think we need to talk about Fred. Very very quickly. Well, I think Mark mentioned it earlier, didn't I? Yeah, I was he did. Man. We're gonna we're gonna get to it. We're gonna mention it. We're gonna I'm gonna mention this very very quickly. Um, another article that I saw in the Guardian, and I want to come back to this, and it may be that I come back to it in another another podcast. Um, the women's game and the FA um, not having enough coaches and to deal with the demand of the girls playing football. You know, it, it's it's typical FA navel gazing not being ready or refusing to act and hoping that there would be a, a, a surge of demand and then they could look around and say, oh, this is what we need to do. Uh, the World Cup last year really was kind of like the buzz uh, for girls and people that wanted to watch women's football to kind of grow the game. And for me, the FA, again, pretty much like they have with the scheduling, pretty much like they have with in terms of trying to sell Wembley, they are really messing things up. I don't know what they do in that organisation. I don't. I really don't. But that's. I'm just going to leave that there for now. And then we're going to talk about Fred. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be interesting, the Fred bit. What? What? What's, what did Fred say? What did Fred? Say? Well, he's come out and he's come out and said that there's too many. Um, there's not enough togetherness. There's yeah. there's not enough leaders. There's too many players that are too vain mm-hmm. and uh, think about themselves. You know stuff along those lines. I, I don't know exactly word for word what it was, but it it was stuff along those lines. And I've got to be honest. When you look at some of them players, I I can totally see. I think who he's pointing the finger at. Um, um you know, when he says that players are out for themselves. You know, I'm, I'm, that's going to be one of them that's on the sideline at the minute, to me, in my eyes, and that's going to be our number nine. I don't know for certain, but to me, that is what their body language has always screamed to me. Um, How, are you talking about the winger who's wearing the number nine shirt, that person? Yeah, that one, yeah. yeah. That one. yeah. And the one that has the, the, you know, did the video straight after an operation. Well, yeah, let's, we don't know if it is an operation, you know, no, no, no mention of the hospital. No, but when yeah. you talk about vain people, right, if you talk, there's no way, right, I can see the likes of, let's say, Phil Jones being a vain footballer, right? 
I can't see maybe maybe De Gea because of the way his style is in mm. goal. Um, you know, I, I don't mean to be picky or like I say, I don't know whether it's true or not. But you look at his hair, you look at his beard and stuff. It's all nice and gelled and trimmed. You know, as, as though he's going out on a date There's when he's not. Wrong with a man looking smart. Uh, no, I know, I know. This is what I'm saying. But when you look at Vane, who would you say would be the vainest, right? David De Gea or Harry Maguire? Uh... <laughs> right, there we go. Right, you know who it is. Right? So when... <laughs> That's like saying apples, and, context, apples and pears, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like comparing yeah. Paul Scholes yeah, to, to Pele. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just... But you look at it and you think, who, who, who takes pride in their appearance? Like when they go out yeah. on the pitch, well, Paul Popper. Martial, yeah. you know, yeah. Martial don't likes to keep warm. He wears his gloves, you yeah. know. In August, um, De Gea has his hair nice and tidy. Yeah, um, his beard's well trimmed, <laughs> you know. And you, you look at it and you think, you know, okay, that's probably the vain people he's talk, talking about. The, yeah. the people that are out for themselves. I would probably put Pogba in that category because he's tried to orchestrate a move. Yeah, and he's thinking about himself and not the team. Um, you know, and you think of there's no leaders in there, which there isn't. That's abundantly clear. Yeah. Um, you know, just little things, just little things like that that you pick up on that you see. You know, obviously people's opinions are, are, are different to mine and to yours and that, but from what I see, that is what I see on the pitch when they play. Yeah. You know, when some of these players do play. Yeah. Um, you know, you 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 look at the the. The young lads that are want that are out training, you know, back in the rehab, trying to get themselves fit back for the Chelsea game, like I.e. Oh. McTominay, you know, yeah. and you think, well, I think McTominay's injury is worse than Pogba's. Yeah, Pogba's still going to be out. Well, and they both had surgery. Well, again, like I say, you know, there was a. How can some I things this? just don't add up? Well, do you know? Do you do you remember the film? This is where we, me and Marcus, probably show our age. There's a film called Capricorn One. Oh dear, I've never seen it. Right, okay. Wink, wink. I'm sure it's Capricorn <laughs> One, and it's about um, a space trip into space to a certain planet, but it didn't really happen. They just had them in a big studio somewhere, and it was all hoax. Wasn't all it? a hoax. Uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those films. So in terms of McTomney's injury and Pogba's injury, you know, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of the things that were, I mean, who who shows a hospital bed? Who then has access to their mobile phone once they've had an operation and say that they're, you know, a little bit tipsy or whatever it is on the medication and they're doing videos on Instagram? You don't know. I've had my ACL operated on and I'm telling you now, when you come out and you're in that recovery room for an hour and a half because of the medication, all you do is look up and see who else is in the room and then you just go, you're all right? And they go, yeah, you're all right? And then you just go back to sleep because the medication is too strong. So no one's walking around and filming themselves. You literally are in either too doped up in terms of the medication or in too much pain. It's that simple. The Pogba issue for me, and we called it back in the beginning of the year, once he had, he was injured, he wasn't going to play for United again, you know? He was going to come back just before Christmas. We said that he did, and then he was going to be off again, and that's what he's done. It's that simple. In terms of the other players who are vain, it could be anyone. Um, what I want to know, or what I'm going to be keen to see, uh, is how the other players react to Fred's statement as to whether or not they are actually, um, if that changes the dynamic in the team, if that changes anything in terms of the performance, because it is a really big statement to make or... or, or, or whether that is a statement from him, someone will probably say he misspoke because he was giving an interview to a Brazilian newspaper and they didn't type it up the right way. Google Translate kicked in the odd adjective in the wrong place, who knows. But you know that can possibly happen. What does that mean about Ole's control in terms of the dressing room? If there are people that are still there talking about them being vain and, and Fred is able now because he's had a really good run of games and he has been really good for the team, how do people look at him now in terms of his position within the squad? And it's really keen also that he's made this post the arrival of Fernandes. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I think that's a key thing, mate. You know, I really do. Yeah, and he feels probably more comfortable now because he's 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 looking around. And he's thinking there's someone else in the dressing room who has my mindset. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's, you know, you can tell in the team who are tacklers and who are not, who will go in for a challenge, who won't. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know, um, you you can never, it's like, um, I would never say that Chris Smalling would get, would go in for a, a, a two-footed challenge, you know, to win the ball. But I, I'll tell you what, I've seen Rojo do it and I've seen Phil Jones do it. Yeah, you can you can just you can tell by the difference, you know, just how they are, their their ability, the way they handle the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've not seen since Luke Shaw's leg break, I've not really seen him go in for another tackle full no, blooded. He won't be. Yeah, it'd be no. difficult for him to do that. I think. Yeah, but one Basaka loves it. Yeah, you know, he loves going to the ground. Yeah. He, he needs so to be you careful. know, you, it's, yeah, I mean, Pogba is. I think he's he's a he's a flamboyant player. He's um, I think he's a bit of a show off. I think he's got a, a, a bit of an ego, and yeah, he he can do it. Of course he can. We've we've seen it, you know, for since he's been at United and when he was at Juventus. But the problem for me is is that he doesn't show it often enough for that price tag. And I know the price tag shouldn't come in for it, but when you're a record signing like that, and you've got such a high profile behind you because of what you've done or what you've accomplished at your other club, I think you should come in to your new club and you've got to adjust. Yeah, I get that. It's, it's a different class of player around him. I get that. But there should still be more effort from key players. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Harry, Harry Maguire seems to have hit a good run of form since, you know, just before Christmas up till now. Um, but at the start, you know, 80, 85 million pounds for a defender first six to eight weeks I was yeah. like no no way no but no, no way with this lad at that but yeah. he's, he's finding his feet yeah you know if yeah. anything now it's the guy beside him who's been at the club for two two years or three years in in Lindelof that looks the weak link well now. there were always questions about Lindelof let's be clear there were always questions I I, 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 I... I would say that he is a good defender, but you know this whole thing about is it Manchester United's quality? To be honest, they are Manchester United players. That's what it is right now. They are, yeah. you know. And in terms of the quality, we were we were spoilt and drunk on the Sir Alex Ferguson years. We now go to Morley's Chicken Shop and ask for that two pound meal and just have to suck it up like the rest of the other teams outside of the top four. It's just one of those things. Just one of those things. We are literally run to time, Marcus. I'm going to quickly go to the comments. Um, uh, Peter G said there should be a wedge cap. We did say that. Mark has said that Pereira plays for himself. We forgot about him. Yeah. Um, Mark yeah. Atherton, he says also, Johns is vain. Rocks up to Carrington in a Lamborghini every day. Nice car. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't, I know, didn't that. know that. You know, I drive a Nissan, you know. Nice. Um, <laughs> I've got people, <laughs> Yeah. It, well, listen, you do what you need to do, man. You do what you need to do. Um, uh, Mark says, I think that Fred has shown great character. He has shown great tar- character. He's kind of come on. And, uh, and to be honest, um, and this is the one thing I will say about Fred before we go, uh, if Jose was still manager, I believe Fred would have got into the team. I believe he would have got into. I do. I believe because I believe there's something about him. I don't believe Fred's development has anything to do with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I believe these are. This is the kind of performance that he was showing in in in, in the Champions League when he was playing for his previous club. You know, uh, it, it, there's something about him. He's very tenacious and he's always forward thinking. And I believe he would have got into the team. It's just taken a while, and the players that we've talked about. You know, there was a strong connection between. The players that we've mentioned and um, Ed Woodward and the previous manager had difficulty. The previous manager before that had difficulty. You know, so you know, I believe Fred in his in in his current form would have got into um, a Jose team, even though Jose said that he didn't actually. Yeah, I don't work. think he would. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't um, think he would because yeah. Matic is, is is Mourinho's boy in it, and yeah. he discovered McTominay. See, so yeah, I don't. I think. Uh, do you know what? Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying you're right. I'm just thinking he might. I believe he would. You know, but you know, with you, you, you never say never uh, mm. with 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 
with Jose. If we see what ended with Jose, we shouldn't end with Jose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say thank you to everyone who joined. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Mark is saying that's uh, uh, a lovely thing there. I'm going to ask for those who have watched, could you please like uh, uh, the, the show so far, especially for uh, the right honourable Sir Mad Marcus. He's been great uh, having a conversation with him. It's always good stuff. Uh, share the content and please subscribe. Um, I will be back, um, hopefully, with this man uh, next week, Sunday. We will talk more um, uh, stuff about the world in relation to on and off the pitch. It could be any particular, could be anything. Uh, if you want me to talk about something specifically, please send me a message on Twitter at Rodney Cyrus. Or Rodney can, I just, Cyrus. can I add something to that? Yes, of course, sir. Go ahead. I'll just add something to everyone that's watching, all right, and everyone that's what, that watches it after it's, you know, it goes off, off air. Um, just hopefully you guys enjoy the show every week. Um, you know, it's, it's Rodney's channel. So I, I know for him, it, you know, if you like the video, if you subscribe to it, if you're new, you know, it's, it does make a big difference. It's a massive difference. And, you know, for everyone that, that watches it and comments, it's, it's fantastic to know that there are people that are interested in, you know, what we have to say because exactly. it's, it's not one-sided you know it's like i said earlier it's not a fan channel it's just a general discussion what's gone on through the week it's pretty laid back and it's it's as real as i suppose as it can be rodney yeah yes well let's just say you know, thank it's, you for it's your it's kind not, words yeah. there are no agendas yeah it's it's just you know it's basically just a laid back chilled out chat yeah. you know questions in the comments um you know try Rodney tries his best and acknowledges everyone that comes in. He's polite. He knows what he's talking about. And, yeah, you'll never be treated or um, yeah. you know, outed because of an opinion or, or anything like that. Actually, you know. I don't believe I've, I've done that, actually. Uh, even though, yeah. Mark, your earlier comment did make me laugh, but I can't say it. <laughs> can't say it. I can't say it. So, I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to end. <laughs> we're going to end. La, 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 la. Anyway, until until next week, I'll see you guys very soon. Bye for now. See you guys. Bye, 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 bye. bye.